And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Hold That Podcast podcast, everybody. Back after a week off because, you know, it's pretty busy around LSU football right now, if you haven't heard. Uh, Since we've been gone... LSU uh, won Coach O's last game in an insane fashion. Uh, old news at this point, though. About eh, maybe two hours after that win, LSU's top target, Lincoln Riley, said he wasn't coming to LSU, which... Well, and, and don't forget that also the entire fan base... Hi, guys. It's Brody. What's up? Uh, like, <laughs> also the entire night was spent every LSU fan watching Bedlam, like the biggest Oklahoma yes. State fans on earth, and Oklahoma collapses... That Oklahoma, that game and gives it away to Oklahoma State. Continue. It was so then yeah, everyone's hi, like, "It's I, happening." Also, because everything is so busy, I forgot to introduce myself. Hi, Chris Branch. We're good. Host of this podcast. If you haven't listened, here with my co-host Brody, the LSU beat reporter. And yes, let's keep going. So, about twelve hours after uh, Lincoln Riley loses this uh, game that everybody watched in heartbreaking fashion, he says right after the game, he's not going to be the coach at LSU which everybody took to mean that he was staying at Oklahoma. About 12 hours later, he's on a plane flight to Los Angeles, and he is USC's new head coach. USC swooped in out of nowhere, uh, left two fan bases jilted. Uh, LSU fans were jilted for a while, probably still are. Oklahoma is in shambles right now. I don't know if you've seen some of the some of the stuff coming out of there, Brody. It's yes. honestly hilarious where they have never had a coach leave there in probably 50 years, it seems like. And um, they're, they're going through yeah. it. So, yeah. Uh, so now Lincoln Riley is elsewhere. Another coach is off the board. And now LSU has to compete with Oklahoma in the coaching carousel. So tell me, Mr. Insider, where are we right now with LSU's coaching search and where is it going next? And I feel like we didn't even like give due justice to just how batshit crazy these last five days have been. Like yes. starting from, I want to say like Thursday, you have these like faux insider accounts just acting like like dead serious reporting riley tell us you is a done deal uh then you had you know a reporter we're not going to try to throw under the bus but another student reporter coming out saturday like during the game from the student section like tweeting like it is it is done it is happening and then we find out he tweets later his sources are media members so i don't even know how to go down that rabbit hole and then like i mean there was just so much i mean lsu is a wild 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 place and i don't know many places that i've been where more just noise happens that you just can't believe and there was so much just out the ears noise of lincoln riley's happening at lsu and i want to preface this it's not like it was all fake there was something there there was there was conversations that is I can promise you that there were was a pursuit. There was money talk. You know, there was talk of making him the highest paid coach in college in football, actually more than Bill Belichick. There was <laughs> what? Yeah, Bill Belichick makes I mean, like eighteen made, million dollars a year. No, I think he makes about twelve. Fact check it right now. Yeah, please do. Okay, keep going. Um. Oh wow, I do see eighteen, but. Someone also told me it was 12. Okay, either way. Um, Yeah, like they were going to make him the highest paid, at least college coach. Like those things, those conversations were real, but people get carried away. And this is just like my preface to everyone listening. Like be careful who you read and listen to because a lot of the times when you see these guys just going like Maverick, Leroy Jenkins, just like like I'm going to report this. (laughs) They're reporting stuff that we are all also hearing. Like we are... Like, you know, the stuff about Riley, every one of us was hearing, most of us at least, were hearing that same stuff about, like, where it was going, the momentum, all that. But there is a huge difference between that. It's coaching searches, guys. Like, it is, 
nothing there's nothing in this world i'd say even more than recruiting coaching searches is the most fickle thing to cover because stuff is just changing every single second and everyone's using everybody for leverage and you just don't jump the gun on stuff unless it is like done signed on paper the press release is out it's one of the one, one things where i'm just like i am not trying to be the hero of breaking this so i hope our readers know like if we report something it's because like it is real and we don't want to mislead you. So if you're like, why is the athletic not giving us more on this? It's because I don't want to BS you. Like, I just don't. So much stuff is BS right now, especially with this coaching search where Scott Woodward, oh it's just the truth. Like, you've been hearing it for a while, but he has a unbelievably tight circle and there's a lot of people he gives information to that run away with fake stuff. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that, yeah. like little fingering to some extent. Or, uh, no, oh, no, it was man. Tyrion. Tyrion did that, right? Yeah. Well, little finger um, too, but yeah, um, yeah. But Tyrion did that one episode. Remember where he like very uh-huh. intentionally gave three different people three things about who they were going to give uh, the daughter to. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Great episode, man. We'll talk about. Let's that not after. talk about yeah. Game of Thrones. I'm still upset. Um. Oh. Anyway, but yeah, a couple, no, a couple yeah, things so, that okay. I think we should all remember that journalism 101. For, and for those of you who didn't go to journalism school, it is you would rather be right than first. You want to build credibility. Brody Miller, credible reporter, hasn't uh, hasn't reported that Lincoln Riley was a done deal. Um, and second off, I think I can speak to the fan base as a fan myself and say we all need to take a really, really deep breath. Calm down. <laughs> it's a fun time because we want to get whoever we are. And there, there, there are two sides that and you and I have talked about this. Scott yeah, Woodward but- has this myth- mythology built around him as this big game hunter like gangster walking in the streets. And there's probably some truth to that. He does have a good track record. But people, the, the, the fringes have separated themselves into two camps during the search. There is a camp who thinks that they were sold a fake bill of goods with Scott Woodward to saying that he is awesome because the baseball coaching search dragged on and he didn't get his top guy. We've talked about this on the show before. I'm not going to rehash it. I think Scott did a great job with that coaching search. But also, they said he's going to go get the top guy that nobody knows about. And then, you know, he strikes out on Lincoln Riley. And I don't know if that's his fault, really. I think Lincoln Riley played the game and got where he wanted to be. I don't think he yeah. wanted to be at LSU. And that's fine. So, but these, the, the people who are anti Scott right now say, well, he's striking out. He's, he is a snake oil salesman and everybody should not believe him. And this sucks. And we're going to get a bad coach, which I think is bullshit. Yeah. The other side still has Scott. Let's call them like the Q Scots or something. They're like, Q9, where, <laughs> that's exactly where what it, it is. Thank you. Where it's like, Oh, you guys don't know the moves he's making behind the scenes. He's it's like, it's always ahead. the same people. And it's always the same people who are like, Lincoln is happening. He's got this. And then Lincoln doesn't happen. And they're like, he never wanted Lincoln. He, he has his Lincoln. guy. It's yeah. wild. And like, and, and so, you know, he wanted you to think he was getting Lincoln, but really, He's getting fill in the blank or whatever. They're like, just wait and see. And I don't think either of those things are true. Like that, nailed it. Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. Back uh, me up. I, I I think they tried to get Lincoln Riley, as you said, and he didn't get him. And that's fine because you know what? He took a huge deal at USC. I mean, we haven't seen the numbers, but I assume that Lincoln will be the highest paid coach in football, at least until yeah. LSU hires their coach and one ups them. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. And we we have to chill out. We have to chill out because I, I've been telling I've been telling friends this because you know as a uh, a fan and also a media member, uh, I have so many people contacting me being like, "Are did we fuck this up? Did, is everything bad?" And I'm like, "Please just wait until a press release is yeah. issued, and then we can start freaking out or being delightfully surprised." Because as we have said time and time again on the show. Our last two coaches are not the best coaches in college football history. We can say that. And both of them, they had, they, they were, they're good coaches and both of them won national titles here. So, so even if, even if we get some guy that you're like, Oh, really? Like the guy's probably going to come in and win 10 or 11 games a few times. So that's just okay, the fact for, of the matter. Thank you for saying all that because I'm like the Woodward thing because that you nailed it 100% true. Like it is like one side that is just like sky is falling and one side that is quite frankly, I mean this with love all of you, delusion. And by the way, that's not me saying Woodward isn't doing a good job or he's doing a bad job or either. I, it's just a there's a lot of stuff going on here. And because like you said, there's this side that 
it's like there's all these people and a lot of them are actually just kind of lazy media members and i'm not like throwing names it's just kind of there's a lot of like media members who like they don't do reporting it's just like what rumors you see out there and then all of a sudden they're like oh so you struck out six times already and it's like no you saw dave aranda's name or whoever's name on a bunch of lists you kept seeing him linked together and then Dave Aranda gets an, a raise and an extension and you're like, LSU struck out on Dave Aranda or LSU missed out on Billy Napier. And it's like, well, you can criticize them for not going on Billy Napier 100%, but they did not pursue him. Like, they did not. And it's just this thing of like, I think LSU has missed on a few. Yeah, I think probably two or three times they have gone down the road with somebody and didn't get him. That might be true. But it's just this delusion of just like that side or like we said, the Q, the Q Woodwards or whatever. Or like, you know. <laughs> I love it. It's so true. It's just ex- and like these things. It's like a, if I wanted our podcast to have one just name on it, it's just like nuance. You know, like can we be the nuance show? Because yeah. some these things have nuance, and I say this sometimes when I admit I don't know things. Like I don't know what's happening right now. I know some things, yes, but like there, I don't. Yes, I do believe LSU pursued Lincoln Riley. And yes, to your point, I do believe they got, I don't want to get dramatic and use words like played, but Scott Lincoln Riley was talking to them and they ended up getting what he wants. And I don't think it was all fake because there's clearly, there was a desire to leave Oklahoma with the SEC stuff coming and all of that. I do believe there was validity to that. And I do believe LSU people really believed it. But but point being here, I don't actually know if Lincoln Riley was the number one guy they went for. I don't know if they also went for another guy we don't even know. He might have missed on five. Like, I do believe there was interest in Brian Kelly early in this process. And I believe they were told no on Brian Kelly. You know, like, there's things like that. And, but I also don't think Scott Woodward stricken out a bunch. But I also don't. He might have somebody that I genuinely just don't know yet. Like, that is a real possibility that people just kind of brush away. Like, I don't believe he is incompetent. But I also don't believe he is this just guru master that people are making out to be. And you and I were talking about this before the show. There, and I, I think we have to talk about this, is his reputation. Because people keep saying Scott Woodward promised a big fish. Scott Woodward has actually not said a single public word about what kind of coach else he's going for. Like he hasn't spoken, even at O's goodbye press conference, he basically said, we're not going to talk about that today. Can I, can I pause you right there? Yeah, please. Because that also brings up a point that I want to address that I've seen a lot of people freak out about is saying the PR from this coaching search is so bad. <laughs> and I was like, what PR is there? There's nothing. Like for better There's or worse, PR on Scott Woodward doesn't say shit to people like it's unless Twitter it's in a press conference. Cycles. Yeah. And like the so PR the PR is Twitter cycles. This PR that we are making up is a spin cycle of us just constantly refreshing our phones, trying to figure out what's happening when the guy who's making the calls isn't saying jack shit to anybody. So let's quit with the PR. Like the PR is all manufactured. It doesn't exist. Just, I was going to say someone in the thick of this, like I can tell you like no one is actually really trying to steer this very much. Like maybe they will when it's, I bet when the hire happens, there will be some strong PRing of like, you know, like, this was the guy, like all that shit. That will happen, yes. Mm-hmm. But right now, there hasn't been. So I'm there's so nothing. There's that. nothing. He's not saying anything, so we can't judge him off that. And like, do we want do we want LSU to issue a press release when they strike out on a coach? Here's here's three sentences about how uh, we offered the job and he didn't want. Yeah, it. Like that's bad, worse. Guys. That's worse PR. <laughs> so like that would be terrible PR. So let's just let's no, just. Let's I'm just glad, I'm calm glad down. you put that in there. And oh, where was I? Shoot. How, I'm glad you said that, but I've lost my train no, of thought. No, we, but... we were talking about the duality of Scott Woodward in that. Oh, he, yes. He pro- the reputation. Thank you. Yes. yes. So he has this reputation. And by the way, it's real and it's earned. Like, none of it's fake. But again, nuances, right? Like, okay, let's go back. Yared Sarkeesian mm-hmm. at Washington. That's a great hire, but that was the classic coordinator route. And he's talked to Andy Staples about this. Uh, and, and St- Andy's been doing a good job of like repeating it this last month. Is he His philosophy on all this changed when Chris Peterson basically, when Sarkeesian left for USC, you know, Sarke- like Peterson, who everyone believed was never going to leave Boise, shockingly reached out to them and was like, we're interested. And they were like, holy crap, really? Like, we were Sounds great. Like, Justin Wilcox, which, hey, love Justin Wilcox, but still. like, And there's like, sure, take him. So that one, again, credit to him, but just not what you think it is. And then two, and then it's like Jimbo Fisher. That one, he probably does deserve credit, but like you said before the show, a lot of nuances there, a lot of weird stuff, a lot of like, I mean, if you you remember, he was flirting with LSU the year before. Right. And like, they made him the highest paid coach. And Jimbo was, I mean, and and I think if I remember this correctly, um, 
you know, he was going through a lot of fights with the Florida State Administration about yes. facilities yeah. and money. So it wasn't like, 100%. you know, he was in a good spot and all of a sudden Scott Woodward came in and s- slapped some money on the table and said, come on, buddy. So, I mean, he did slap yeah. money on the table, but I don't think it was. I was going like, to say, like, that's the only one I will give him credit for because I do think he did some work there. Like, that was his relationship there. There was a lot of that. But, yes, you were still right. Like, Again, con- like context situation. Uh, Buzz Williams, yeah, credit on that one. He he got Buzz Williams. That was, that was a, a really one. big get. That was a really big mm-hmm. get. Kim Mulkey, again, huge get. Like these, the outcome is still correct, but it's just sometimes we get lost in like the how. Ross Dellinger's report did a far better job of mine of detailing how that happened, and there was a lot of issues with Baylor at that point and just lack of respect to her. And yeah, it was timing. It was going home mixed with what was happening at Baylor and still him and Stephanie Remp got that job done. Like this right. is not me dim- dismissing them. They did an incredible job getting Kim Mulkey credit to them. It's just the delusion, the mythology. That's what all we were trying to talk about. I think Scott Woodward probably wishes the mythology part could get toned down. Like, cause it's right. actually leading and that's, what we're going to get to next and I'll hold on that for a second, but it's leading to now absurdly stupid expectations where <laughs> people just now think like this guy is just the home run hitter. And that is valid because he has so many results doing that. But it's now led to everyone thinking, wait, no, and that wouldn't be that because, you know, we were getting that. And by the way, it's led boosters. There's tricky stuff going on with boosters right now who just paid $17 million to fire at Ogeron, 20 with the staff, right? And they thought they were going to get this massive home run. And again, they still might. I don't know shit. But who thought they were getting this, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, after all that, now it's Mark Stoops? They will be angry. Like, that is just the reality. There are people who are mad at, like, who are going to be frustrated with Scott Woodward. But all I'm saying is the mythology of it has led people to just a level of delusion and just, like, weird expectations that have made this such a muddled and bizarre coaching search. Sorry, rant over. No, that's good. I'm, I'm ready for it to be over. So speaking of that, what is your expected timing on this? Because I would assume it's this week, right? So it's a great question. It's like the question I think I weirdly get the most often. I mean, I, I guess I understand why, but it's like I get that question more than I get who it's going to be, <laughs> which is so funny. But I, it depends on the who. It really, really does. Because, by the way, I'm not ruling out anybody at this point. Like, if you told me that actually Scott Woodward has a possible deal with Luke Fickle and they have to wait a month, I wouldn't be utterly shocked, you know, except for that example. That's just an out-my-ass example. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, say it's someone like that or even a Matt Rule who is now, like, suddenly this name that everyone's throwing out there because things are getting really messy with him in Carolina. A lot of frustration. Seems like writing might be on the wall there. And that is somebody we should pay attention to. Like, that's not me dismissing the rumor. It's just there hasn't been, like, any credible actual, you know, word on my end there. But still, let's right. use him as an example. Maybe if have to wait another five weeks or so on him, like, Maybe they do it. So, but if it's someone who they think they can get now, yeah, I think this week, like tomorrow, Wednesday, something like that, that is totally possible. But that's what makes this so difficult. So, my answer is a cop out answer. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Zero. Thanks, Brody. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) But I think we need to talk about Mark Stoops there because it actually, do you you have that in you? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Um, You know, I want to talk about it because it also parlays with, the entire Woodward conversation and the expectation conversation, which I think is really, really important to talk about right now. I think that Mark Stoops would not live up to the billing of Scott Woodward's aura. Um, but that's a beautiful discussion. I think Mark Stoops is a good coach. I think he would probably be very coach. I think he'd do very well here. Yeah. I don't think he has been a, an elite recruiter at Kentucky. It's hard to be an elite recruiter there. You know, from from what I've read and gathered that he's done a great job of taking away the kids in that area that Ohio State might not want that, you know, I was going to say, I I said instead of those kids going to another Big Ten school, they're going to go to Kentucky. And that's good. They're 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 good three and four star kids. I don't think that he has been a top level recruiter at this level yet. He might be. I'm not sure. I have to jump in here. He has been okay. an elite recruiter at Kentucky. Like, again, I, this is almost like the Matt Campbell thing where people yes, are like... Yes, we're, t- we're talking about different levels here, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, I know. Talk- uh, he has it's, been it's, in it's a different elite- game. Well, no. I got a few things here, though. First off, he's been an elite recruiter at Kentucky. He's getting to like it's, he's getting them to a level they don't normally get. He's getting the guys at Kentucky who used to go to, I don't know, Bama or Ohio State to stay. He's getting those Ohio guys, like you mentioned, that Michigan should be getting, you know, or like, yeah, yeah. like the, and he's 
getting those guys. Like, he is getting big recruits there that Kentucky does not get. Like, he is bringing in the occasional, he's sitting pretty consistently in like that top 25, top 30 in the country. Kentucky should not exist there. He is an elite recruiter and a, and more importantly, I think he's a smart recruiter. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's right. like the Napier thing too, where it's knowing what you are and knowing exactly how to recruit to it. And like, that's the skill set. Now, I want to get to, I do not know if he would be a great recruiter at LSU. And I didn't even get to start the Stoops thing. But, like, and we'll get, I guess I'll say that in a second. But, like, I can say that and also to your action. I just had to correct that because also he was an elite recruiter at Florida State, which built the team that actually won the title. Like, that was his years. Sure. He, he's been at Oklahoma. Like, he, he has recruited. Shoot, he has more experience recruiting at an elite level than, like, a Billy Napier does by a million years. Like, mm-hmm. that has to be said. So, yeah. like, I, that's my thing. Okay. He is an elite recruiter, but it is still a fair caveat to say, yeah, like, will that immediately translate to LSU? I don't know. But what I could see him through, and I, this is where I guess we should just say the obvious part. There has been a lot, in this part, like, we can't confirm, like, there's been a lot of noise and chatter that, like, if Riley doesn't work out, Stoops is the guy. Like, that has been right. a lot of talk. Now right. the uh, the interesting thing though, and this again, we there's so much this we this might be a long pod, guys, because I think there's so much to get into that I'm so excited to debate. But like, I've heard the board, you know, isn't really into Mark Stoop, so maybe that holds that up. Or and I don't know if Scott Woodward has literally gone to them and said like, this is who I want, and they said no. I'm not saying that, but I have heard that the board is not exactly interested in that, and that gets back to the Woodward discussion. I kind of want to get back to because like, I think that gets back to the expectation things. But sorry, point being. Mark Stoops, I think, is one, one of the 10 best coaches in college football. Like, again, scale matters. What he has done in Kentucky the last five years is elite shit. Like, he is an amazing coach. They were the worst program in the SEC. Like, Vanderbilt was ahead of them, people forget, when he took that job. And he has now made them, a for about four years now, a steady top 25 contender. And more importantly, like a coaching thing, like he has made them a guy who every SEC team just has a hard time with, right? Like Kentucky shouldn't be in these games, and he makes them just give everyone a hard time. And I think if you put him at LSU, and I'm not campaigning for it, I don't have, I'm not sitting here saying Mark Stoops is the best. Seems campus. like you're campaigning no. for it, Brody. No, I think I actually really want to thank you for saying that because what <laughs> I do on this show a lot, and it makes me seem like I have opinions I don't even really have, but it's me arguing the anti takes. That drive me crazy. It's like me trying to correct things that I just don't agree with. Even though, like, I think Mark Stoops might be the ninth best candidate, but people act like he'd be a bad one. And I'm like, Mark Stoops would win ten games every year here, and he would probably win an SEC title or two, or maybe get them to the play. Like, I think he has that in him. He's an elite yeah. coach. He's not like he's boring to people. He's this kind of pudgy, you know, not exactly like Lincoln Riley, pretty looking guy who's been around for a while, and he's boring to people. But mm-hmm. he is an elite coach. And I think if you put him at LSU, he would keep Louisiana kids. That's job number one. And he is a savvy recruiter. I think he'd do well. Do I think he'd be James Franklin recruiting here or Lincoln Riley? No. But I think he'd do a really good job. Sorry, continue. Like we said though, like to your point, like he doesn't he doesn't wow me. It's not the home run. And that's probably maybe what the board is saying. And if I'm Scott Woodward, maybe I say, okay, let it marinate for a few days and then try to talk him back into it if that's his guy. So, like, and like I said, like, I think no matter what happens, we're probably going to end up with a pretty damn good coach because what has been lost in this uh, malaise that has gone on the last few weeks is that people are suddenly saying, is LSU not that good of a job because Lincoln Riley doesn't want to go there. And all these people are saying no to it. And I think that's bullshit because I think there's probably coaches banging down the door and you just don't know because they don't want it out there or nobody's using that as a negotiation tactic. So just, I mean, just look at the history. I I keep saying it, but every single coach has won here since, you know, even, even Jerry Donardo won 10 games at LSU before the bottom fell out. But the infrastructure of the state is here. And if you get a above average coach, they're going to win 10 games here a few times. They'll probably win an SEC title. Maybe won't be as consistent as the best coach in college football history that we have to see every year. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, like it's going to be a pretty damn good situation. So I Mark Soups falls in the category that he's not going to like blow me away. I'm not going to show yeah, up to the press fair. conference and, you know, paint it up yelling. But also, like, you give me a day and a half, and I'm going to be on board. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's it, just sometimes I, we, it's to your point, like, sometimes we just overcomplicate shit, and we think we need, like, the next genius when it's like, he's really good. You know, well, maybe it's, you're it's, not it's getting like, a it's genius, like winning, but he'd winning win. winning the news cycle in the press conference. It's like, 
oh, you know, I mean, I think USC will win this cycle. That is clear, and that's fine. That's because they got the big fish. They poached him. Oh, they, totally, yeah. And him there they, is perfect. Like, it's a beautiful fit. They snuck through the woods. Nobody was talking to them, and they got their guy and put him on a plane and left. But did you see, did you <laughs> see the video of him getting on the plane with, with Alex Grinch and everything? Yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were all still wearing Oklahoma stuff. I was like, this is so <laughs> awkward. Because uh, I think that's I think that's the only like uh, outfits that coaches have is just like dry oh, fit, absolutely dry fit yeah. school apparel. Absolutely, just, like, like when they have I to go to a wedding, funny. they're just like, "Are you sure I have to change, honey? Uh, can I wear a polo? Um, <laughs> it's not a nice middle ground. It has an OU, but it has an OU logo on it. You know? Yeah, right, um, right, right exactly. No, um, and, and I want to no the stoops thing. It's not even me saying like. It's more just, I'm bringing it up more to get to the discussion of the expectations thing. And I think that just has to be like the theme of this pod. Because like, let's say say that's true, that the board wasn't just kind of like said no on that. I just want to ask you like, what is okay to people? Like, shoot, right. even the Matt Rules things circling this morning, which again, just rumors, nothing real at this point. But like, people, some people being like, are we sure Matt Rules great? And it's like. First off, Matt Rule would be the biggest, as good of a home run as you could get. Like he's like Matt Rule would be unbelievable. So it just blows my mind. But even but to the soup thing, it's like that's not good enough. And it's like the SEC Coach of the Year, who's built a terrible program into a consistent good team, isn't good enough. Like just what do you think that like Nick Saban wasn't Nick Saban yet? Like I just don't get what people's metric is. And but I want to uh, ask you that. Let me be clear. I would show up to a Matt Rule press conference, painted up, cheering. I know that you would be. Yeah. That so would be smart, an incredible home run because he he checks every box. Look, he hasn't. He wasn't Nick Saban at LSU who went to the pros and came back. Let's not let's not try to make that comparison, even though uh, it's very easy for my mind to slide there. It's not a terrible comp, though. But this guy built up programs at every stop. He yep. everybody called it a smart hire, and. He's still young. This this guy is not sixty five. Yeah, he's, he's going to bring like, he's going to bring a lot of energy. He's going to bring a good culture, I think. And I, I just think he's a smart coach. He's an elite culture guy for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he's the guy who convinced Joe Brady to leave LSU. Like he 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 clearly values the right things. I think he would bring a lot of stability. And like we said before the pod, I think that he would come to stay. Like this guy is not hopping again. Unless, you know, for whatever reason, we'd have to fire him. But this guy is leaving an NFL job because maybe he likes the college game more. Maybe he wants the LSU check. Whatever. I don't care. Like, yeah, I, don't I mean, no, let's say what it is. Like, I don't think it's going great for him in Carolina. Like, things right. are kind of like they were 3 0 to start the year. Like, I don't think it, that's the only thing I think there is. The, like, me making this compass and calling him Saban. Let's just not be assholes, people. But like, there's a lot of Saban to that in that in this hypothetical scenario. In the sense that like rising star, like like when Matt Rule left temp- Baylor, I think there was like a general belief like he is one of the ten best in the country. Like he is, yeah, absolutely. The, he is the dude, you know. Mm-hmm. Like and and he what he did at Baylor, it, like I don't even think he could ever get enough credit for that. Like post. Um, Post the Brile scandal, post all that awful things. One and eleven year one, seven and six, eleven and three, had that thing rolling. Like it was incredible. Yeah. Even this year's team, it's kind of his guys. Like, let's be honest. And Temple, oh my God, two and ten, six and six, ten and four, ten and three. Like, and also like I, I Matt, like, I hate doing this. Like, I'm probably gonna sound like the degenerate, but I actually really believe that you can always kind of highlight the next great coaches by who's like way amazing against the spread with not great teams it's like one of the yeah. best indicators it's true with matt campbell and him and matt rule was like in the four like he was at one point like 40 and 22 against the spread it was wild <laughs> but and that for me like that tells you when a team's not doing well but they know they're playing above what you think they are that that yeah, is a huge yeah. indicator to me and it, Th- that it, is a lot degenerate of history. shit brady it's real though man there's so much history of it working <laughs> out and anyway sorry so it goes to the nfl no one in the world would call Matt Rule a bad NFL head coach. He's not doing no. badly. Like I no, think, he's not. Much like Saban, much like Pete Carroll. Carroll and Saban did not do bad. They just didn't like succeed. Right? There's an in between. And but sometimes Carroll it's just it not. Carroll figured it out. But, but Nick. But no. But it. after USC, when he went to USC, he was considered like a failed oh. NFL head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he went like okay. seven and nine every year, or like eight and eight right. every year. Um, and same with Saban. And it's like, Rule is not a failure. It's just things are getting messy there. There's a lot of rumor he will get fired, quite frankly. 
and mm-hmm. it would be like a perfect it would be very saving in that sense that's all i mean yeah it's not like i just saw something like oh we're gonna fi- hire a fire coach guys these things aren't black and white like they're just not he was in a t- five-year rebuild and he had them ahead of schedule year two and stuff's just getting messy it's not good or bad put him on a plane like, today they were gonna make like, him coach of the year year two because they were get him here. get him here put him <laughs> Again, on a plane yeah these are all hypotheticals, but I just had to say that. But anyway, like I wanted to say though, like what is success? Like, yeah, because like Matt Campbell, shoot, I'm Matt, I don't think Matt Campbell's realistic. Or like I, I've kind of gathered, I don't think he even really wants it. Like I just don't know mm-hmm. how realistic that one is. Do but you, even that do one, you like, think it, he listened to our podcast and said, "Man, if Chris Branch is man, one of Chris the fans guy, talking about about me, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if I should come." I don't know if I ever want to have porch bevs with that guy. Yeah, um, no, but like the Campbell thing is like I don't care about Matt Campbell, but it's just like. I got in a Twitter DM debate because it's like, it's just the way like hot coach and boring coach is such a thin line that boggles my mind more than I can ever like express to you. Like Mm -hmm. Matt Campbell was Billy Napier for five years. Like he was the superstar rise. He was, I mean, I think Campbell and Matt Rule like go hand in hand for the last five years. Like that is how people kind of viewed both of them. He was Actually, Matt Campbell, I mean, I'm, and again, I'm the guy that like, wrote the Billy Napier profile. I think Bill, LSU should have looked at Billy Napier, pro Billy Napier. But, like, Matt Campbell is more proven proof he can do this thing than even Billy Napier. Like, yeah. all, like yeah. he was the rising star that turned down two NFL teams a year ago. Like, a year ago, basically, like, our reporters are basically saying, like, hey, if Harbaugh fires Michigan, like, Campbell doesn't even really want Michigan. Like, that, like he was the guy, and now all of a sudden he's weirdly the boring guy. He's uh-huh. the boring backup. I just I lose my mind with this stuff. I don't it's, know what it's just the Mark news Stoops cycle, is like the man. best coach in the country. I, it just boggles my mind. Sorry, it's the news cycle. I mean, uh, Billy Napier did well to take that job now because if he would have stayed at UL for another year, like he'd be the same. Oh guy. yeah. Oh, you're so right. That's a great point. He he. Billy Napier played all of this so freaking well. Turned down Auburn, South Carolina, Missouri. And like, and I know some people might be in the comments saying like he didn't. We'll see, man. Florida's but kind of a mess. Um, it's a tough job. We'll see. I mean, in I was ways. I was remembering. I mean, you were probably too young for this, or to even like really super be into it. But when Florida fired, I think it was Ron Zook, and. No, no, no. It was it was after Urban left. It was when Urban retired. Yeah. Um, and they hired Will Muschamp, and his yeah. OC was Charlie Weiss. I was terrified. I was like, oh, my God. We're never going to win another game against them. Like, you pair that defense with Charlie Weiss's offense, like, they're going to run the SEC. And then Wait. Didn't. Wow. I, I just had to double check this. I don't remember that. That's amazing. It's true. That's what I'm saying. Like, that. Well, because Muschamp was the defense guy, you know. And he oh, was, yeah. And then, but he he needed an OC, and he he got Charlie Weiss. I think Charlie had just washed out of Kansas or something like that, or or maybe was leaving Notre Dame. I, I can't remember which one, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, so pe- people are assuming that Billy Napier is going to be awesome there, and there's no guarantee on that. Um, there's no yeah, with none of. I don't and really also, I mean, you know, he he has to deal with Kirby Smart at every single recruiting visit. So uh, I don't know how well that's going to go for him either. Yeah, no, like I'm optimistic he'll do really well, but yeah, like like you said, I've just given up on ever knowing who will do well because so much is just like so much has to come together for like like it, it has to be alignment from administration to boosters to coach to president, like all that. Like you need that stuff. You need yeah, like you said, you need to like be in the right timing with your rivals, like to not be screwed there. Like so much has mm-hmm. to come together that like yeah, you have to have the right locker room. So yeah, I, like there's so many coaches that don't do well, and I still think they're amazing. You know, just it's right. not. Right. One, one thing or another but it's just fascinating i just can't get over the search because everyone is just so obsessed with first off there's an offensive theme let's start there but two like it's just this thing where everyone has to have and i don't blame them i'm like this too as a sports fan i do not want to pretend i am better than this but just in a situation like this i'm just trying to talk people down like you want the next genius you want the next like sexy offensive mind you tend to want him to be younger like all this stuff and i get it but like that's not always better and it's not and there's just this thing for like this next offensive scheme guru and all this stuff when it's like you want just the best football coach man you want the guy who knows how to run a program who knows how to like do the processes from top to bottom which is why i'm high on napier by the way like he's better at that than like mullen you know but yeah i don't know like i just it's just it really like 
Stoops is just it's he's my crux point this week. That's all. That's the only reason I'm focusing on Stoops. He's the conversation point. But like Stoops would do really well here, and people yeah. are just like that would be a disaster. Woodward get fired, and I'm just like God. I don't know. Okay, what to tell I'm, you guys. Glad, I'm glad you said that because I did want to segue into. Let's talk what's on the line for Scott Woodward here because the man who doesn't talk to anybody now has these dueling personalities among the fan base of fraud or still master puppeteer. So I, it, it is, is like a lot of his reputation is on the line with this. Like, I don't want to understate that. Like this is the biggest hire of his career. Uh, I mean, he kind of lives or dies with this hire. Maybe, I mean, you know, maybe I'm overstating yeah. that, but it's the hire of his life. Like he, this is the he was one. a prodigal son who came back to be LSU's AD. He's a Mr. LSU, Mr. Louisiana, biggest hire in the world. Now he gets a football opening and a huge year for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, this is his life. Yeah, and he gets he gets all the money in the world. It sounds like he gets twelve million dollars a year to do this. Yep. So, I mean, I, no, I, I mean, like, can can you talk about the pressure from the boosters that you hear and all this kind of stuff about what kind of pressures on Scott Woodward to to deliver on this? Yeah, like I don't want to talk my ass. I don't think there's anyone like actually saying Scott would like your jobs in jeopardy. No. And by the way, if they did, that would just be crazy to me because like he's also the guy who got Kim Mulkey in here and looks like Jay Johnson is off to a f- is going to be an elite baseball coach here, just off yeah. the recruiting he's already mm-hmm. doing. Like like overreacting to this one would just be bonkers to me. Woodward has clearly made LSU better in the last few years, but yeah, I mean, there's some. I think they're gonna. I, the best way to put it is, I think there are gonna be some angry boosters if he doesn't get like a hire everyone loves. That's all I'd say. Like, yeah. I think there are gonna be some angry people who were willing to just pay so much money for this hire and are now like, oh wow, I felt like I was misled. I think that's possible. Yeah, I think that's real. Does that translate to like he's on a hot seat? I don't know. I mean, I, I would be shocked, but you never know with these things. But no, I don't think there's any like conversations like that happening. I just think there's gonna be some real frustration with him, and I think the fans will be really really disappointed and angry again because of the unfair expectations thing but yeah it's just and it's also the aesthetics right it's the optics it's it's the fact that now it looks like like there's a large contingent as we said at the beginning that think they missed on mel tucker that think they missed on jimbo i think they missed on lincoln riley and got pants by usc quite frankly and are just like mm-hmm. wow we're getting played and maybe by the way they might have you know they kind of with usc like i think woodward they knew he's a big game hunter used that against him and kind of got what they wanted like he kind of lost that one. It seems like, but well, I, I I don't think that Lincoln wanted to come. I don't. That's what I don't know, and I won't pretend to know. But I do think he was interested. I don't know. Yeah, because I go back to what Bruce Feldman, my colleague, reported and kind of said like the whole time. It's like he was on it. Credit to him, by the way. So many people dunked on him trying to. Oh, by the way, it was hilarious how many people were trying to be like, um, you know, like oh oh, told him that Lincoln's not coming. Yeah, like I'm like. Guys, yes, Bruce has a great relationship with Ed Ogeron, but he's also been more, like the main guy on coaching news for like 15 years. Like, why are we acting yeah. like his one source in the whole world is Ed Ogeron? But either way, that's a whole different thing. But yeah, like he was on it, but like he's like, I just really, really don't think he's coming to LSU. And it turns out he was going somewhere in LSU. So maybe you are right. Maybe he was never coming. But I do think he was genuinely going to go to one or the other. I mean, that's fine. Um, Oh, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the game this weekend because I do think, and another point that I wanted us to talk about is that whatever coach gets in here, got some pieces. The cupboard's not empty. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I mean, where do you want to start with that? I guess. Do you even want to talk about? Saturday? I mean, I, I just want to. I just want to start by. I guess I'll I'll speak from my my fan perspective about the game. Yeah, please. I, I wasn't able to be there. Uh, I, I miss this game every year because of Thanksgiving. So I watched the game, but classic Saturday Thanksgiving. I have to say that these last two seasons and these two teams, and I'll even specify the, the guys on the team that weren't injured or opted out either year or some, some will go down to some of my favorite tigers in, in my time. Um, it was incredible to watch both times. And, you know, you don't want to be in those spots because you, you want to be, a top 10 team in the country and winning more games than you lose. But at the same time, both of those teams could have easily quit and nobody would have really blamed them. And Saturday's game was like the epitome of that. I mean, they, they won a couple of big games, obviously at the end of last year. And then this year they probably should have won 
They should have. They should have beat Arkansas. They should have beat Auburn. They should have beat Alabama, um, which is still crazy to say. But they they fought hard and they schemed well for a little while. And then this Texas A and M game, it was the same thing. Man, for two and a half quarters, y'all aren't beating us today, buddy. No way. And then for whatever reason, the scheme starts to fail. The adjustments are made or not made on our end. And then I'm like, we're toast. You know, Max looks like he has the the pocket presence of, you know, a living room rug and is just getting sacked over and over again. And then before 47 seconds left, he just starts chucking the ball and they win the game on a last second touchdown to finish Ed Ogeron's career and beat Jimbo Fisher, the guy who supposedly told us no. Uh, yeah. and kind of made him look like a fool. And it was just like the emotions from all those players winning like that just, man, made me want to watch a Hallmark movie. Like, Damone Clark really stands out. Jare Jenkins stands out. You know, you know, before Saturday, I don't think Jare Jenkins would have really gone down as a player of note at LSU. I think he's a good player, but I don't think yeah. he's going to be like, man, you remember Jare Jenkins? But now I don't remember Jare Jenkins for a long time. I mean, it's crazy. And yes, you and, should. Because you also had that game winner against what, Arkansas, right? Like last year he had some like he had like I yes. think two basically super clutch games. Like yes. so I, I love that. No, I think it's a good point. I, I think take. it is too. And just like the way these players endeared themselves to the fan base, and I'm really glad that Ed did not go out on an ugly note. You know, I I expressed so many times about like how awkward these last five or six weeks were gonna be with him as a lame duck coach. And then he kept losing, and then you saw that bad moment at Ole Miss. And then they showed a lot of fight. And then to go out on a win like this was just – it was so cool. I mean, you know, I know Ed's not dead and that he'll probably get another coaching job at some point. But just to see him go out happy was was really cool. And I I think we can all agree that he still needed to go. And I don't think there was any – I don't think there's anybody that's saying, why didn't we keep him after that game? Like, where LSU got was not where we want to be. And I don't think Ed was going to turn that around anytime soon, but it was nice to see him go out like that. And those seniors go out like that. I mean, I just, I just Damone Clark's in my head because he was an uber talented freshman on that national title team. And then was really struggled, but has worn 18 um, and really made himself into probably a first or second round pick in the NFL draft and through, through the worst times in modern LSU history. So shout out to him. Shout out to those people. I mean, it just made me really happy as an LSU fan that we could go out like that and that those guys could go out like that after two really bad years. So that's what yeah. I thought. I mean, and it's just like you look at these those guys fighting, and I know a lot of them won't be there, but this team, it you have to hammer home. This team was still missing, like, its top 10 players? 12? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, 12 of the 15, 16 best players, yeah. I liked. I, I would. I would like to think that any prospective coach for LSU would watch these last four weeks and say, "I want to go coach those guys." Yeah. So, no, I think you nailed it. I think a good part you nailed. One, I, I will say, yeah, it was cool seeing that scene. Fred Ogeron, like people were psyched. People were hugging him. Like it was a cool final way to go out. Him just like cheesing as big as I've ever seen him cheese yeah. up close on the sideline, and like. All that stuff and going into his press conference screaming, man, like yelling, mm-hmm. yelling, how about them tigers? And like with his new girlfriend in the front row and just like <laughs> leaning into it, being like, Brandy and I are going to Destin, like just had fun. Like, I don't know. It was it was cool. And like you said, the senior night part of it was a cool thing to add. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause like guys who this is the biggest roller coaster senior class one could ever imagine, going from like being part of the rise in 18 and 19 to then being a part of the biggest fall. Like, and now they get to end on a good note. Damone Clark, like you said, Jerry Jenkins, these guys get to end as kind of like cult heroes to some extent. It is, it is a, a genuinely cool thing. And yeah, like Max Johnson, the most torched guy in the world, just, I mean, some of those throws, even like that first touchdown, Jerry Jenkins on that, like fade in the left corner in like the first half, mm-hmm. like he was throwing some just nice balls. He wasn't throwing before. So there is a lot in place here. There's no doubt for a really good team. Like, there is. I think what makes it so tough, though, to, like, handicap for, like, how would you rate this roster is, yeah, I think if you went through, like, six out of seven, those are probably, like, seven position groups, right? Like, six out of seven position groups or whatever, 
are great shape, really. Like quarterback, yeah. as long as they don't completely butcher it, great shape. Running back, great shape. Receiver, elite shape if they can hold on to guys. Tight right. end, okay shape. D-line, amazing shape. Linebacker, pretty good shape. Secondary, pretty good shape. But there's just that one bugaboo, and the O-line is in like, they have to reconstruct it. Like they might have to, I was talking with a coworker on the phone this morning about it. It's just like, that's the thing. Like they might have to go literally go sign four transfer portal alignment. Like that's, they might have to have three transfer starters, you know, like it's, they're yeah. a really, really one. They're losing everyone who was the solid guys. And then the mm-hmm. younger guys just haven't been ready and credit words too. Marlon Martinez has been a better football player than I expected. He's been solid. I think Garrett Dellinger will eventually be a great tackle. Like they really like him. But then you got like Bradford comes with his own issues. Doomerville comes with their own issues. Turner is actually a solid player, but he's always hurt. You know, like just mm-hmm. they have to re. I literally, I guess Turner, but I don't know who the center would be going forward. Like so, yeah, th- that's the big thing of like I bet any coach looking at this is like I have to have a plan for the O line, and I would love to talk to Austin Thomas about what plan he might have in mind about that. I bet he already does, but that's the one. Everything else though is actually in. If they can again, huge caveat. I think a lot of guys are going to the portal. Until a coach is hired. So that's a big thing. Right. But if they can hold on to guys, yeah, the rest of the talent is top 10 team. That's just the truth. They're just so mm-hmm. far infrastructurally from getting there. Right. Well, I think that's better than a lot of other jobs you might get. So I, I would take 100%. that if I was a prospective coach. And by the way, I bet if you go nine and three, you're one at LSU. It's like, see, he turned it around already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is now like a fair expectation, which normally there isn't. It's going to be that thing that we talked about coming into the season where I tricked myself into thinking, you know what? If you look at back at last year, if the defense was just okay, the offense was great, we got new people in, like, uh, it's easy fixes. It wasn't easy fixes, but maybe it's easy fixes this time. I don't know. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're getting tricked already, yeah. Well, well, no, but you are right. Like, they should have when, been When you offered, have a whole new they... staff in, maybe those easy fixes are easier than the existing staff turning over a little bit and creating some uncertainty. That's um, true. No, I mean they should have beat Arkansas and they should have beat Auburn. And I'm not. They should. I'm not saying they should have beat Bama, but they had chances to. Uh, like I think they, they should have lost. A lot that, of chances. But, they had a lot of yeah, chances. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like overall football wise, like Alabama beat them in every way. But still, like you're, they had chances. But like by the way, A and M game. Uh, according, I love looking at Connell, Bill Connolly at ESPN's like you know his post game win expectancy stuff. Yeah, like yeah, which is just like really play by play who outplayed the other. Sixty three percent LSU. Like that's one of the rare times they actually like earned it. Like, it was 0% yeah. Ole Miss, 4% Bama. Even Arkansas was 26%. Like, they still think Arkansas played them. LSU just, like, was situationally savvy. You know what I mean? Like, they right. they just outplayed them, which is a huge indicator. They did. They, I mean, the, the pass of the eye test, too. Um, yeah. You know, one last thing I'd like to talk about the game. Please. Is that, well, I thought Jake Peets did a nice job. And I think Durante Jones can continue to do a really nice job down the stretch. And I don't know if those guys are going to be on a staff next year here. They probably won't. But I hope they get a good opportunity somewhere else. I mean, I thought I thought that was the best called game that Pizza's called all year was uh, Saturday. I mean, I don't know. It, and correct me if I'm wrong if you think differently. But I thought he made a lot of nice calls in a lot of good spots. And I thought that it would yeah. have been a lot different if Max Johnson could have gotten the ball out quicker and maybe not totally. I mean, it's a, it's a real problem. four times. And, you know, Texas A&M's pass rush was getting through the line, especially Clemens, uh, was just a terror. But still, if Max gets the ball out uh, anytime quicker, I'm sure it'll work out. So I just want to say that those those two guys have probably earned whatever job they get next. And especially maybe for Durante Jones, maybe it's here. I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I, I thought those guys showed so much improvement over the first four to five games of the year. To, through the stretch that it was very impressive and uh, I, I also have some some love in my heart for those people as they probably move on to other jobs no it's 100% and yeah I want to sh- like I, I, I we got to wrap up in a second but yeah, that's fine yeah no like people always ask like what coaches should stay on staff and I don't know I mean that's impossible to answer until a new coach is there but yeah I mean like Blake Baker deserves a look like one I remember someone told me throughout this year like Blake Baker's the best recruiter of any of the coaches and probably doesn't get the attention because they haven't landed like those linebackers yet and this the season probably heard it but Blake Baker great recruiter and like is the guy who gets all of the credit by most people from what Damone Clark has turned into this year okay uh, Brad Dave Brad Davis now turning about Blake Baker's a young guy so it's not like he's some like retread uh 
Brad Davis has been named the interim. I don't want to make nothing of that because, and I've said this before, like I had never heard an indication that he'd stay because not like the O-line had a good year, but he is a super young rising O-line coach who like, I bet Florida would want to hire right now. Quite frankly, Florida would love to take yeah. him back. He was there a few years ago. Arkansas would love to have him back. Like people want him. He's young. Mm-hmm. Baton Rouge guy who was hired in a pinch to stabilize things actually kind of did a decent job considering how disastrous uh, all the injuries were and stuff. And like, again, they just paid him like, what, $800,000 to come here? Like, again, that's a big buyout. But it was like, I think he's as good of an O line coach as you would find. So I think he's a guy to look at. Obviously, Corey Raymond's a guy to look at. So I think those are the three that I would pinpoint. And then like, Mickey Joseph's getting courted pretty hard by Nebraska right now as alma mater. And I, it, a lot of that's going to depend on the new coach because it's like, you know, like you want Mickey's New Orleans connections. You really do. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah. like, who knows? Maybe they hire someone who also has that. I don't know. So we'll see there. But those would be the ones I really am intrigued by. And then Durante Jones. Like, that one is a huge, like, I have no clue what would happen there. But he has done a heck of a job and he deserves to be a DC somewhere. So, and like, right. some, I saw a tweet that like was a nobody tweet, but like, I'm not making but I kind of thought about it and they had a decent point. Let's say hypothetically Dave Aranda got this job. Like, he's an Aranda guy, and Aranda would run main, mm-hmm. be the main DC anyway. It's like, I bet Dave Aranda would keep him on his DC in a heartbeat. You know, like, yeah. so I think there are certain guys who would keep him. Anyway, that's all my last thing on that. We can uh, last thing, shout out to Brad Davis, the uh, first black head coach in LSU football history. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it is. Hopefully, they win that ball game for him. And uh, yeah, I, I would love for him to stick around too. Um, I know you got to go, so let's just make a last note that since we did not have a podcast last week, and since I have a feeling that we might have a coach by the end of the week, it might be a two-podcast yeah. week for, for us, um, so you're obviously going to be on it, but the moment that LSU hires somebody and Brody files his story and makes whatever appearances he needs to make, we're going to get on the emergency mic pod. and br- we're going to break it all down for an emergency pod, so... Uh, thank you all for listening. You know, it's been a crazy year. Uh, we're going to keep going, of course. Uh, you know, the it's games been my are most not over for us. Too. The, the games are not over for us, so um, we're going to keep going. But thank you guys for listening. You know, it's been it's been really fun for me to be on this podcast this year, and uh, I really enjoyed it, Brody. And uh, I think we got a good thing going. <sighs> I think we do too, man. I've loved doing this with you, and I'm looking forward to doing it in person more in the future too. All right. Well, hopefully I'm talking to you tomorrow when uh, Matt Rule is announced as head coach. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. We'll see. All right. Later, guys. Thanks for listening. See y'all.